This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool back again with you guys for another show. Back again for another episode of our Raw Reaction series, our show in which we look at the latest Arsenal transfers, keep you up to date, and of course, get through plenty of your comments and questions in the chat box as well. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. And uh, just before we kick things off, in the spirit of Christmas, I uh, just want to say a couple of thank yous um, because there's been some really kind messages, both on Instagram and on Twitter, that have been sent through um, by a few of you. Uh, they don't go unnoticed. They don't go underappreciated. Uh, genuinely, thank you. Um, they mean a lot. And it's the reason why I do this show because I know it's, uh, you know, it's become part of people's lives uh, in the mornings, uh, which is cool and great. And I appreciate it wholeheartedly. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. But good morning to all of you in the chat box. Paul, Kaiser, Stevie, Matt joining us again. Mike, Manu, we got Kevin, Ian, Ryan, Terry, Carl, Brad, uh, Jonathan, Ade, Thracian, uh, here, Dr. Cocker. Uh, we've got uh, Luke, we've got, that was my worst German accent I've ever done. Uh, Gonzo, we've got MM, we've got Steve O, Luke, uh, Adama, Jose, Tom, Mr. Ginger Guna. James Christopher TN runs with cows. What? Why? Why do you run? Why cows? Interesting. Persian, uh, Marcus, Steve Back, Cam, Bruce, so many more of you as well. Uh, sorry, I can't go through all your names. I would literally be here forever. But thank you uh, to so many of you that are, of course, running by us this morning and making this part of your morning routine. I think that's all of it. Yes, there we go. Let's crack on with today's stories by first of all telling you to go and watch the Arsenal Way. You can check out the boys doing the show this morning at 9.30 a.m. A really good show with myself and Josh came out yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. It might not be. Uh, I should probably get that. I recorded it yesterday, so I hope it went up yesterday. Uh, is uh, our Arsenal analysis show, our analysing Arsenal show. It did indeed. It's already got 2,000 views. Nice. Lots of you have already watched it. Brilliant. Um, myself and Josh sat down and we analysed the Arsenal-West Ham game, talked through a lot of the statistics and facts about it. So please do go and watch that. It's a really good watch. But without further ado, like, let's uh, go straight on with our first story, which revolves around Alexandra Lacazette. Uh, now, Nationale have reported that supposedly AC Milan will be looking at the striker. Ironically, the club that I thought would be going in for the Frenchman, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, is not getting any younger. You may appreciate that. <laughs> and so, therefore, I did think that Lacazette's move to AC Milan would make a lot of sense. And now we're starting to see links uh, regarding Lacazette's possible departure and the club in which he will join. And to be honest, it does still make sense for him to go. I don't think he would have ever signed a one-year deal at Arsenal, AC Milan, or a club that would be more open to, you know, being malleable around the amount of years that he's open to because they do take on older strikers, as we've seen with Olivier Giroud and, of course, 
Zlatan as well. Paul, quickly in the chat. Thanks, Tom. Love the show. What days are you taking off for Christmas? Good question. I'm not 100% sure. I am working Boxing Day, which means I can probably do the show in the morning. I need to check what time I am working on Boxing Day. Um, I'm not working Christmas Eve and I'm not working Christmas Day. Um, I may do a show on Christmas Eve at 8 a.m. I won't do a show on Christmas Day. I'll, I'll, I'll let the missus have that one off from me doing an 8 a.m. show. Um, but Christmas Eve, hopefully I'll still bring you guys a show. Christmas Day, though, will probably be taken off. New Year's and New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, I think I'm working both those days, so I can probably still do shows then. And it would be the start of the January window, of course, on New Year's Day. So there will probably still be a show then. But I will keep you up to date of when I will be and won't be doing shows. Don't you worry. Uh, but make sure you turn those notifications on because it will tell you when we go live. Now, I wrote a piece uh, yesterday which came come out this morning. Uh, it's available on my Twitter feed at Tom Canton Media about Lacazette's departure and a possible replacement for him. Now, this isn't the replacement for Aubameyang or me saying that he should be the number one kind of striker signing, but a striker that kind of encapsulates a lot of what Lacazette brings, which is pressing and link-up play as well. And that's Gabriel Jesus, uh, the Brazilian striker who obviously previously worked under Mikel Arteta, uh, has got some really good uh, numbers this season. 13 goal contributions in 19 games. Only a couple of goals because he's not been playing mainly uh, in that striking position. He's been used in, in other wider berths and he's got actually a fair few assists uh, this campaign, especially in the league. Only a couple of goals in the league. Mainly his goals have come in the Champions League. But uh, he's a player that I think with just a year on his deal come the summer could be available for a, a relatively uh, approachable fee. And I think he would actually be a very interesting target for Arsenal. I go into a lot of that and more in the article, which I said you can find on my Twitter feed. I have retweeted it to the Gula Talk Twitter feed as well. Um, so if you want to give that a read, please do go give it a read and let me know what you think. But that's something that I would be interested in seeing Arsenal pursue is, is a move for Gabriel Jesus. But there you go. Um, moving on to Mason Greenwood. Now, I didn't put this in the title. I didn't put this thing even in the video headline because I just think this is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. A <laughs> hundred million pounds, I think, is is what's being reported uh, by certain media outlets. Um, I... This would be staggering. And I know a few people have actually um, <laughs> reached out and said, would you take him? And yes, absolutely. Of course, I would take Mason Greenwood. He's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. But it's just not going to happen. It's just, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. According to El Nacional, Mason Greenwood is unhappy at Man United and has emerged as a shock target for Arsenal. Report claims that the Red Devils value Greenwood in excess of £100 million. Oh, we ain't about clickbait. <laughs> we ain't putting him on the head. We're not putting him on the thumbnail. We're not putting him in the, the video title because I'm sorry, this is never going to happen. This is never, this is never, never, ever, ever going to happen. Um, and uh, yeah, Arsenal, for one, Man United ain't selling into Arsenal. Two, we're never spending 100 million plus on a player like Greenwood anyway. And three, it's never going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> there's just no chance. Uh, but I appreciate those that asked me if, if I would take him. Absolutely. Is it happening? No, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, speaking of a deal that has more of a reality around it is Ismana Dembele, the uh, Barcelona winger and French international, uh, has been linked with Arsenal. Uh, and of course, 
the reports regarding Aubameyang's future very much tie in with this. According to The Independent, uh, an English outlet, of course, they've reported that Aubameyang's wages could be offset for Barcelona by offering a player in return. And considering that Dembele's wages are only around thirty to £50,000 per week less than Aubameyang's, it could offset their ability to bring in uh, Pierrick Aubameyang in January. Would I take Usmana Dembele? Now, it's not one that I would just say no. Uh, I just completely say no to right off the bat. But it is one that I would have a lot of conflictions about because of my own criticisms of the reasons as why I wouldn't go for Renato Sanchez is a lot because of injury. And if there's one player that is associated with serious and consistent and repetitive injuries, it's Asmana Dembele. And that is the biggest block. If you want to talk about him based on raw talent and how good he is, that's a different story because he is a very, very good player. But I'm just not sure if I could justify my argument against Renata Sanchez and then sit here and say, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd take as my Dembele. <laughs> I'm just not sure if it'd be the right move. Yeah, I says they call him Dembulance. <laughs> if you don't understand the ambulance joke, you know, get your head screwed on. <laughs> but I just don't get why this this move would happen. But there's also something in the back of my mind that goes, if you can keep him fit, he could be a hell of a talent. But again, the same could be said for Renato Sanchez. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to sit here and say, look, we should sign him. Um, but then there's also the side of things that says it could help us get a Bami out the door and we may not have to spend anything on Dembele. It could be a transfer fee risk-free move um, which does change things. With Renata Sanchez, you're obviously investing a £30 million plus, plus pound fee in the player. Whereas with Dembele, you're just swapping out a Bambier. So that that is a little bit of a, a twist on the move, which could convince me otherwise. But my initial kind of feeling is probably best to stay clear. Um, finally, or penultimately, um, the final player that we've been linked with this morning, courtesy of Italian media, is Artur Melo, uh, the Brazilian central midfielder for Juventus. Uh, the who I believe is now is he twenty five? Just doing a quick check. He's twenty five indeed. Worth uh, a supposed thirty one point five million pounds according to transfer mart. Uh, current deal expires in twenty twenty five, so you're gonna have to pay a significant fee for him. He's Currently out of favour uh, at Juventus. He had surgery at the beginning of the season, uh, which meant he missed the first six games. But he's barely featured in the game since. He's mainly been on the bench for, for Juventus because they have a midfield now of, of Bentacur and Locatelli. They've got Adrian Rabio. Uh, they've, of course, got Aaron Ramsey, although he's looking like he wants to move away as well. They've got plenty of players in that midfield and he simply isn't getting into things right now, which if you're not getting into this Juventus team, when you consider they're not doing very well, is that a good sign uh, as a player that we should be going for? I'm not sure. However, he is very highly rated and was previously very highly rated. Barcelona fans absolutely loved him until the club moronically decided to swap him for Marilyn Pjanic for some reason. Um, But as a technical midfielder, very good. Uh, he can play deeper in the midfield, could be a person that uh, really plays kind of that. I don't want to use Santi Cazorla as a, as a comparison, but he's not kind of your DM of DMs. But he is someone that can play in a pivot 
and can be very technical and can move the ball forwards and is a good passer. So all of those things, I think, would make him quite a good partner for either Xhaka or Partey or Lakonga. So I would be very interested uh, in, in that and, and in bringing him to the club if we can get kind of, you know, a decent figure for him. But it would depend on the fee and it would depend on his injury history. But at the moment he is fit, he's just not playing for Juventus right now. So it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Now, the last news is it's a little bit sensitive. And I know a lot of people don't like discussing this and a lot of people have a lot of strong views about this. So what I would say is just a caveat before I go into any of this, Anything I say on this is my opinion, uh, and it's just how I feel about it. Um, you've probably seen uh, the postponements that are going on at the moment because, of course, of the amount of positive tests that are being experienced across the league. Currently, Arsenal aren't affected in any of the five weekend postponements. However, Leeds United are pretty bereft of players. Now, this isn't because of illness. It's actually because of an injury crisis of one I've never quite seen in the level that it is, because the amount of players that Leeds are without is quite staggering. Uh, and it's not to do, as I say, with illness. It's just, just to do with injuries. Um, but it does fall in a very coincidental period. To do with this period, it is my opinion that a week or two-week suspension of the league with a bubble situation whereby players would quarantine for those two weeks to kind of, you know, circuit break um, things in the league to avoid these continual stack-ups of postponements would make quite a bit of sense. Um, it might be difficult logistically to sort, but it's just my opinion that I think for the long-term um, ability to play more games this season, a two-week circuit breaker would probably be the best thing um, with obviously bubble quarantines going on. It would allow players to see their families at Christmas, you would think, as well, if they can stay within their family bubbles. And they didn't, you know, like go out and, and stuff. But that you're asking a lot of the players, I'm sure. But I just feel like something has to give at some point because there's just so many, so many post moments happening uh, that it's of a concerning level. And this is coming from someone as well who works in the industry, an industry that would be very affected by a longer term postponement. So you have to factor that into my own opinion um, that, you know, I'm concerned for my own welfare and my own job status should um, we experience what we experienced in 2020. So that's uh, always going to factor into my view, but I still believe that a circuit breaker might be the best course of action for the league to take uh, ahead of Christmas and then maybe to push the fixtures back. But it's very difficult because you have to consider that because of the World Cup next year, the season will start much earlier in 2022. So it's going to let it could lessen the periods uh, between this season and next season, which for some people would say great, but players do need to recover. So there's always that involved in things as well. Um, but yeah, a circuit breaker quarantine is probably what I would personally uh, say. Tom at G says, Tom, do you think two weeks would be enough? Uh, plus, we would be relying on players staying in their bubbles and not going out of Christmas. Again, this is purely theory um man it's only kind of my viewpoint is it enough i'm not a scientist i can't tell you whether 14 days is enough i'm going off the information that i kind of just you know get from wherever i read about this that 14 days would hopefully be enough to kind of break the cycle it might not be um but it might be better than not doing anything so there you go 
Uh, Cole says, I disagree. My thoughts are if the teams are able to play now, then the sh- uh, then play the schedule games rather than a fixture pile up later in the season. My argument back to that, Carl, would be that if you don't have a circuit break, it might cause there to be an even greater pile up in fixtures later on, which could cause even further delays and possibly even a curtailing of the season overall, like we saw in France in 2020. So that would be the argument back to that, is what I would say. Um, so there you go. Uh, Matt says, good shout, Tom. I feel like the league is trying to drag it until the January break, if possible. Uh, Paul says, could bring a mid-season break forwards to create the circuit breaker. It would mean no uh, Christmas and New Year Day games, which is fine. As I don't care if there's no games across Christmas and New Year, as long as the league carries on. Um, and I think that's what we all want, is we all want to see more games of football. And if we can do something in order to protect games later down the line, then we should probably look to try and do that. I think that's what we all want. And hopefully everyone's mind is on trying to play as much football as possible. Um, So there you go. Cass says, it's not only your opinion, Tom. I always thought the players should take a week break at Christmas, just like most of the European leagues do. I mean, it's a solid point. Um, We would just do what the, the leagues will be doing across Europe. And I know that the European leagues are also phasing out their Christmas break in some circumstances, but maybe it's something that we should be looking to do. And with that, that does bring an end to all of the news I have for you, which does, of course, mean that uh, I want to go through into your questions. Um, So there we go. Let's go into the questions and get your thoughts and feelings on anything that you would like to ask. Here we go. Okay, let's uh, let's jump into the chat box. Manu says, "I loved Arthur at Barca. The swap deal was a madness because, but because of the finances, it needed to be done. Would you take him? Could he adapt? And how is his toe? I don't know how his toe is. I don't know what this is. Uh, what's this about his toe? Is there an issue with uh, Artemelo's toe? Uh, <laughs> why would there be an issue with Artemelo's toe? I don't know." Um, but just having a quick look at his injury history, let's have a look on Transomarts and see stats, uh, injury history. And I mean, he's missed eight games this season for Juventus at the start of the campaign because of surgery. He had a leg injury at the end, kind of end of, of the 2021 uh, season, which he missed seven games, missed two games of a hamstring injury. And then he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven injuries for Barcelona. But these were injuries like one game missed, one game missed, one game missed, one game missed, one game missed. So it's just like one game being missed because of a knock. It's not serious injuries um, happening. So it's not like a Renato Sanchez or an Ismaila Dembele situation. He's only getting missing games because of a knock because he plays a very kind of dribbly, technical, drawing a foul kind of game. Um, So I like him. I would happily have him. Um, and I think he's a player that would certainly improve on our midfield. Maggie says, what do you think is the best and one of the worst things Arsenal could do in the January window? Good question. One of the best things is, of course, sign a marquee world-class player either in January, either in, sorry, either in midfield or in the striking position. That's kind of the really good thing that we could see. I need a haircut. Jesus is long. Um, <laughs> I was looking at myself in the screen like this is this is silly. I'm gonna get. I'm getting it cut today. Um, the yeah. So the best and the best things we could do is sign a marquee player either at striker or in the uh, midfield position. The worst thing that we could do. 
I suppose is not sign anyone. That could be one of the worst things that could happen. Uh, the worst, we could offer a player a contract that we shouldn't offer a player to, or we could bring in on a permanent deal someone who just wouldn't fit what we're trying to do, probably like an aged player uh, on a permanent deal, like Ramsey on a permanent deal, maybe. That's one of the worst things we could do. Possibly some of those. Um, John says, have you thought about being a football equivalent of the Yule Log and broadcasting for 24 hours? Mate, let me let me, let me me explain something. <laughs> Already, uh, <laughs> when I say I'm doing a podcast, you should see the look on the missus' face. I do a show every single day at 8 a.m., which is already quite a commitment. If I was to turn around and say, I'm doing a show for 24 hours, <laughs> oh, hell, hell would break loose. It would end my Christmas, is, is what that would do. So, no, I haven't considered doing that. Uh, Mike from the Gooners Pod has done some brilliant 24-hour shows for charity, uh, which, unfortunately, I've always been busy for. Um, but I would hope to, to join in with one in the future for, you know, a section. But no, uh, sorry, John, 24 hours in this household would, would not go down very well. Uh, and it would also probably cross over with work. Uh, it just wouldn't be feasible. Uh, Tom says, as he's currently unsettled at his club and would be available at a cut price deal, should we go for the French international Marcus Turam? Great talent and long-term potential. On the cheap, yeah, I mean, Brisham mentioned Gladbach forwards and, of course, is currently now part of the senior French national team. 24 years of age, can play mainly as a left winger and as a striker. He's looking at his stats this season, however. Hasn't played all that much, although he did have a, uh, a ruptured intra-articular ligament initiation in the knee. Wow, that is quite an injury. Um, he missed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games because of that but to be fair did play at the start of the season and since then clearly has not been back to his best uh, hasn't scored a goal yet this season uh in the league or in the dfb pokal for gladback i'm not sure he would be the right person to go for i'd probably favor a noah lang or even a kulisevsky at this point over a marcus tour Let's scroll down a bit more. Apologies if I'm skipping your questions. There is quite a lot going in here uh, constantly. So I am just going to try and get some newer questions to be a bit fairer. Christopher says, Tom, as we have a selection headache at the top of the end of the pitch, would you be rotating Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka and Smith-Rowe uh, with one of the bench games, uh, or well, one on the bench each game? Probably. I mean, it makes sense. If we are going to continue playing through this Christmas schedule with these hectic fixtures or not, depending on postponements, um, then yeah, I probably would, mate. I probably would uh, be looking to uh, rotate rather than squeezing them all into one team. Uh, Byron uh, says, Tom, uh, we will get the players. Uh, will we get the players we need in January with all that's going on with the situation? The argument is probably, I want to say yes, but it's tricky uh, because of quarantine, because of, you know, red listed countries. It's going to be difficult, but there were exceptions, mate as long as they were quarantined. So we'll have to wait and see, won't we? I, I, genuinely, I can't really answer you. I've no idea. MM says, in general, except Newcastle, how much transfer business do you expect to have in this January uh, because of obviously what's been going on? Um, again, I, I have no idea. I really can't answer the question. I don't know enough about what's going to happen in the next week. Things are changing every day. So it's impossible for me to say um, what's going to happen. Apologies. <laughs> I can't. I can't predict it. Uh, Paul says, why is Tommy Yasu not mentioned when we talk about the new Arsenal captain? 
always go into play, speaks good English and leads by example. It's a good question. I mean, Tierney's up for it. Why not Tommy Asu? They both lead by example. They're both vocal. They both speak English. Um, for me, one of the reasons might be because he's not central. Another reason will be might be because he's quite new and he only signed in the summer. Uh, and we need to see kind of across a whole season, is he enough to be kind of that that level? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Manu, never say the word peng again. <laughs> never, never say the word peng again. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, I probably, Clive, shouldn't take it for granted. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I shouldn't take having hair for granted. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I can only apologise, mate. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more because I realised I was talking about that about five minutes ago and somehow... I'm only on those comments now. Uh, Steph says, Tom, if we want to swap a Bamiang with a Barca player, if I only will, ex- I only will accept Frankie de Jong. And that's fair enough. Uh, Sergino Dest, I like Sergino Dest quite a bit. I think he's a really exciting talent. Pedri, a really, another really good player, of course. I don't think you're going to get either of those for a Bamiang, though. But I think there are other players in that Barca team. Gavi, uh, another one is Yavi. Gavi. It's Gavi. Um, uh, is another obviously exciting young player too. Uh, Mohamed says, uh, who would you say the better footballer is between Matteo Genduzzi and Bubakar Kamara? Not seen loads of Marseille this season. I have heard from obviously the likes of Jeremy Smith and uh, our good pal Ben from the Marseille view that Genduzzi is brilliant this year, uh, which obviously is a little bit of a sting from Mikel Arteta. Bubakar Kamara, though, is said to be uh, one of the most exciting talents in France. And Man United are currently tracking him. So I'd probably lean towards him based upon purely secondary information. So don't take what I say as gospel, is what I would say for that. Uh, Musa, congratulations uh, for making a live show. Appreciate you tuning in, fella. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, De Jong could be available if he's willing to come. Would you be happy to pay 50 million plus, plus Alba? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's a brilliant footballer. Uh, 360 David says, can we see this Aubameyang attitude issue from before he signed, come back 360 and we see him go in January. Maybe. Drew would certainly tell you that it's possible, that's for sure. Darren Palmer says, Tom, what's your idea of a realistic, successful January transfer window? Realistic, I think, is a player on loan. I think that's always what you would say is a realistic January window for Arsenal. Uh, a player or two on loan. I think that's what you would see probably in central midfield. Maybe with the Aubameyang situation, things will change regarding a striker. But my expectation is for, as I have said for some time, a midfielder on loan. Although saying that, with the, with the news that the AFCON could be postponed, maybe that no longer happens. It does depend on that. That is certainly uh, a way. Jonathan, I love that you correct my pronunciation by literally just writing his name. <laughs> as if that's going to help me pronounce his name any better. I did have a great... Um, uh, a message from Tom O, who's one of our regulars, who was telling me how to better pronounce the Nigerian pronunciation of Balagoon um, and Okafor, who plays for Red Bull Salzburg. I hope I've done those names justice. Uh, I always try and, uh, and pronounce names as better. And if you think I'm pronouncing something wrong, you've got to come and tell me. I'm not so stuck up that I'm not going to accept pronouncing someone's name wrong. So please do tell me. So it's Balagoon and uh, Okafor. So, uh, I yeah. Try my best to pronounce names better. Uh, Dawal says, uh, which player would you want Arsenal to sign as a replacement for a Bamiang? I don't think Arsenal can pull off a signing like Vlaovic. What's your view on Patrick Schick? Patrick Schick's having a fantastic season. If you said that we were signing him, I would be very, very interested. Um, I like Yusuf Nezri, although saying that, he's not 
I don't think he's playing all that much recently. I haven't actually been able to catch many severe games because of the frequency of Arsenal fixtures. Um, is he still injured? He's still injured, unfortunately. Yeah, he's suffering with a muscle problem. He started off the season really, really well. Um, but yeah, again, has, has, not, has kind of fallen away because of a muscle problem. So that's a shame. Uh, it seemingly hasn't yet cost Sevilla uh, too much in the table, which is obviously great for them. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Inezri is not someone we can really watch right now. Uh, and then in terms of other options, Alexander Izak, of course, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is always someone that I would like us to bring in. And as I've mentioned earlier, maybe it's more, less so of an Abamian replacement, more so of a Lacazette replacement, Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City. Uh, contract expires in 2023. Maybe something we could take advantage of. Uh, Kershaw says, how much can we sell Pepe for? Is it a good idea to sell him in January? Pepe was overrated and we overpaid one season wonder. Uh, I doubt you'd get more than 25 to 30 mil. I, I just don't see who's going to pay more than that and the wages that he has. I just don't see it. Uh, Alan says, do you think Arsenal lack ruthlessness? We could have had more goals. We got a free space. Still, we try to pass. Do you think it is the philosophy of the team or a lack of confidence? Hey, I think we played quite ruthlessly against West Ham. We were always looking to move the ball forwards. We were very proactive. Um, I liked the way that we were pressing so much in the game. It's going to be down to coaching. It's going to be down to the commitment of the players to play the way that Arteta wants them to play. But if we see performances like we did against West Ham every week, then sure, I'm happy to see that because that's what I expect from an Arteta team. So there you go. Um, Manu says, I'd recommend you starting learning pronunciation. Our new striker's name, his name is Tchal, Tchal, Tchal de Kitalar. <laughs> I mean, that's not anywhere near his name, uh, but uh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Club Brugger? Or Andelect, one of the two uh, forwards, fantastic player. Uh, and I know you like him a lot, Manu. Uh, Venkatesh says, a couple of days ago, I asked a question on Arsenal Way about not relying on, and go watch the Arsenal Way live at 9.30, uh, about not relying on one player to hold the armband like City do, giving it to a player on the basis of who's starting. Do you think we could implement this? The thing is, is Man City do have a captain. Their captain is Fernandinho. But because Fernandinho doesn't play all that often, the captaincy does tend to kind of go between players. So what we might perceive as not their, of their not being a club captain of sorts, I think it's more because Fernandinho doesn't necessarily play every game. Um, if you wanted to do that, you could give it to Rob Holding. And, you know, he's not going to be playing all that much. And then you just kind of share the captaincy amongst those that are going to be playing. So there you go. Yes, it's very funny, Manu. I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Matt says Partey's last two games have been a lot better. Do you think he has finally got the confidence in his body after all the injuries? I hope so, Matt. I really hope so. Because I know, and you know, that Thomas Partey is a brilliant footballer and was a brilliant footballer at Atletico Madrid. He's not been able to do that so far at Arsenal. I think it's been an issue with him not being able to transition to the league and the, the speed of the league. He's, but he takes far too much time to make decisions and I, he's too comfortable at times. But hopefully that's going to speed up. Hopefully this is a bit of a wake-up call and hopefully we do see the best from him in the coming weeks because we know we can see a lot more. Uh, Marshall's headline told him, talk to me about Trent's goal. And uh, the reason I don't want to talk to you about Trent's goal, Marshall, and I know that you're a Liverpool fan, is because unfortunately, Trent's goal knocked me out of the fantasy cup. Until then, I was going through. 
Um, but my opponent has Trent Alexander-Arnold, and I don't. And it that goal knocked me out of the uh, of the of the tournament. So I'm not that keen of Trent's goal at all. To be honest, I was having an okay week for once. Saying that, I did transfer in two Man City players, both of which didn't play in the seven 0 win, which is a little bit frustrating. Um, but uh, yeah. That's a bit of an annoyance, really. But uh, other than that, it was a great strike and uh, I hate him. Michael says, do you think Dembele can stop being injury prone or do you think this is just a pattern of his career? You know, I would ask Dr. Rajpal Bra on Twitter. He's very good uh, at this sort of thing. But from the the types of injuries that he's had, really bad hamstring problems, you know, I I feel for me that it wouldn't be an issue. uh, Sorry, that it would be an issue going forwards. So I wouldn't be too keen on it personally. Uh, I didn't. I did see the. I didn't watch the darts, Christopher. Uh, but I did see the chance. Uh, speaking of chance, from from fans in the ground, uh, you've probably seen a video circulating regarding some disgusting behaviour from some West Ham supporters directing racist abuse uh, towards Arsenal players. As always on the channel, we don't hide away from discussing this sort of thing. It is disgusting. It needs to be dealt with. Thankfully, uh, a West Ham fan in the ground was videoing uh, and fair play to whoever that was. Thank you that you've identified these absolute awful human beings and hopefully something to, uh, get can get done uh, about it and they get lifetime bans and hopefully charged by the police for their actions too. So uh, that's what I want to see. Hopefully that can happen. And apparently there was something at Everton as well, unfortunately, uh, too. Uh, it's... It's so saddening every single time we have to talk about this because when I was younger and when I was growing up, I was so oblivious to kind of the level of racism that there is in football. And to be honest, there was part of me that was so ignorant to it that I thought it was kind of diminishing in the game. Like there was things like we saw with uh, associated with Chelsea in particular. I remember seeing the that the French man on the platform that was denied access to uh, the subway in Paris. I remember that happening. Uh, and I thought that was kind of, you know, a nice bit of an isolated incident. But as I've as I'm getting older, and as the time and the years are passing, it's actually increasing. And that's that's such a horrible thing to consider that this thing is getting worse, and not enough is being done, and not enough action is being taken. And whether that's because of underlying issues in the system associated to the problem itself, I don't know. But more needs to be done. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a real shame. And I hate to end the show on a really somber note, but it's important that we discuss this stuff and that we don't hide away from it. So I hope those West Ham fans are found and treated as they deserve to be treated and are charged. But uh, fingers crossed they are. And if you are ever in a football stadium and you do see this type of thing happening... Collect evidence, make sure that you've got evidence of it happening and, you know, take action and convince others around you to take action and make people aware of what they're doing. Um, So, yeah, disgusting behaviour. Sorry to end the show on such a sombre note, but it's important that we discuss these things. Um, I'll be back. Actually, I'll be back for, I think, possibly even two shows, two, three, maybe three. Uh, There definitely, hopefully, will be a preview. Members in the Discord server hoping to do a preview show about 4 p.m., uk time uh, i'll put a message into the discord server uh, i know that a couple of people have already said they'd be happy to come on to this one um it is with the caveat that of course we don't know whether or not the game would go ahead at the moment we're preparing as if that it will go ahead so that's hopeful 
um, preview show, probably about 4 p.m. UK time. And then at 5 p.m. on Harry's channel will be the Canton Simeon show today. So uh, make sure you tune in at 5 p.m. on Harry's channel and uh, we'll be discussing a lot about what's been going on. Some A lot of positive things to talk about, which is great. And looking ahead to the Leeds game on Harry's channel as well for the Canton and Simeon show. So please do make sure you tune in for that. Um, <laughs> we will end things there. Have a fantastic day uh, and uh, I'll see you very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.